Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Levis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organization forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Today, I'd like to introduce Kathy Cox. Kathy is the Chief of Staff at Greenleaf Integrative. Greenleaf Integrative enables clients with highly demanding environments to protect the well-being and resiliency of their employees and organizations. So join Kathy and I as we chat about how C-suite and solopreneur leaders can develop their own leadership abilities and just as important, how to create a peer support group and leadership development tools that enable growth. So welcome, Kathy. I am so glad to hear have you here. We have been planning this for months. <laughs> yes, we have. We have. And thank you so much, Jane. I'm delighted to be here. I'm so excited that we're having this conversation finally after a couple of postponements because I've been thinking a lot, of, a lot about leadership lately, partly in my role as chief of staff at Greenleaf, but also because a lot of my friends are leaders in their organizations. And one of the things that for the past probably two years I've been grappling with myself is a topic that a lot of people don't talk about very often. Uh, but you know me, I always just wade right into the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But one thing that's been on my mind a lot lately is the loneliness of leadership. Mm -hmm. And I think people often don't, at least I didn't often think about that in my own role prior to being a leader. I thought, oh, they're cool. They're the people at the top, right? Um, they got it all the handled. Yeah, they've got it all. They've, they've got it handled, right? And then when I became not just a leader in my role, but also by title, I was really a little bit surprised at how frequently the dynamic in the room changed when I came in, right? Mm -hmm. Not because all of a sudden people didn't like me, or at least I don't think that's what it was, <laughs> but because all of a sudden the chief of staff was in the room, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it really shifted the relationship I had with a lot of colleagues, not all in a negative way, but all of a sudden I started realizing there are some things I can't talk about with my colleagues because mm -hmm. it's confidential or it's you know, not appropriate to have that conversation down the organization. Um, I'm very fortunate in that I have a CEO above me and he's a terrific guy. We get along really great. And he is somebody that I can talk through a lot of stuff with, but still I don't want to always go to him with everything on my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't want to look like I don't know, you know, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing or I don't have it figured out yet. Right. Um, or sometimes I want to know what the direction I want to help steer him. Right. 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 <laughs> so, like somebody else to talk to about. Yeah. That. I'd like yeah. a different sounding board so I can take that guidance and, and you yeah. know, influence him. So, right. So anyway, I've been thinking a lot about that and I've done some research. You know, it's interesting. Fun fact. I Googled the word leadership. And I got almost 3 billion results. <laughs> Apparently, this is a big topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of people are talking about it in all kinds of ways. Uh, but, then, you know, I Googled leadership development and I Googled, I don't know, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different things. 
just to kind of see what what were people saying in preparation for today. And then I Googled leadership and loneliness. Mm-hmm. And there are some studies and there are some really interesting articles. But the more I read them, the more I thought, yeah, I already know all that. That didn't that didn't help me, right? Right. So, Anyway, so I've kind of narrowed down for my own self that I thought this would be helpful to might be interesting to share with your audience. I've kind of narrowed down the two things that I, the two directions I'm pursuing to help this issue. And it, even if you're a solopreneur or you're in a really small organization, leadership can still be lonely. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the chief of staff of a big group, right? Sometimes being a solopreneur is loneliest of all because mm-hmm. I've been that as well in the past several times. Um, because you don't even have the the colleagues to kick stuff around with if right. it's you and your own business. I'm telling you, right, Jane? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm telling you something, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, you're well aware, I know. Yes. Um, so there's two things that I think, at least for me, are worth exploring as solutions. One is executive coaching. And I spent some time in 2020, very fortunately, my company's very big on getting coaching and making it available, helping pay for it, all of that. Very fortunate that way. But I spent a lot of time in 2020, 2019 and 2020, doing executive coaching on my own, Mm -hmm. which really helped a lot because I had somebody whose job it was to just sit there and listen to me. (laughs) Right, Right, right. And I didn't feel like I was imposing on a friend or a peer and, you know, I didn't have to listen back to their problems. It just got to be all about me. (laughs) Right. And that was really a great experience. Of course, a coach will hold you accountable. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so if if in that conversation you identify what you think might be a solution to a business issue you're having, the next time you have a session, they're going to ask you if you did the thing. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so um, that part took a little getting used to. That's very different than, than you know, venting to a friend. Right. Uh, Your friends don't often hold you as accountable. And then my CEO, who's also a big fan of coaching, said, why don't the two of us, he and I, get dyad coaching, where the two of us are together in the same session with a coach. And we didn't have any big, you know, particular relationship issues or anything. Nothing was going sideways at the company. But he just thought it would really help the relationship get really solid, particularly as in 2021, we entered a big growth mode, right? Hmm. And so we did that for a good bit of 2020. We had the dyad coaching. That was really interesting. And uh, again, I'm blessed because I have a, a CEO who is super open and very empathetic listener and very interested in self-development. Mm, yeah. So he was he wanted feedback on himself as a CEO, you know, he was willing to show up and work on things, um, as was I. So it made for some really interesting conversations. And it did really help get us on solid ground to go into growth together, growth mode, so that we are on the same page mm-hmm. and headed the same direction. And we're in agreement on the kind of growth we're looking for and the, the industry sectors and all the things, right? So uh, so that was really helpful. Diet coaching, I understand that might be out of the realm of possibility for a lot of people. It worked with us because my, my CEO is interested. In fact, he suggested it. Yeah, right. That's, that's probably not the norm. Yeah. I get that. But even the individual coaching was really helping. The one part of the individual coaching that I felt was a tiny bit of a downside, and this is going to lead to my second thing that I'm going to work on in the coming year, which is the first quarter of the coming year's over. So how did that happen? 
right? Right. Um, and that was, I would be talking to my coach about, well, you know, I'm having this employee situation or that client situation. And he would say, oh, well, have you tried this or that or this? Or what do you think about this or that? Or And after a while, it started to feel like how I feel when I give, uh, you know, when friends talk to me or my husband would talk to me about how things are going at their job. And it's all just a spontaneous suggestion based on a partial picture of a situation in an environment that they're not in. So they don't really know all the, anyway, he was a great coach, but I did find that it was very different than talking to a peer Mm -hmm. who would say, Oh, you know, I had that at my company and here's what I tried and here's what worked. So um, this year I am going to look into finding ways to uh, in a very structured way, Mm -hmm. build peer relationships so I did some Googling on that, of course. What did we do before Google anyway? Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, Read lots of books. We had lots of books. That's right. And I do that too. But yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But, so to me, developing that peer relationship, I know a lot of business leaders and certainly I could call them up and say, let's have coffee. Let's have lunch if we ever get to leave our house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's have a Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I thought, well, what about the opportunities where that is fostered in a very curated Mm -hmm. way. Groups that do that, that that's what they do, um, like Vistage or EO or some of those. Mm -hmm. And I know a number of of, uh, business leaders who are active in groups like that and just sing their praises. Mm -hmm. So this year, I'm going to be researching those and hopefully pick one and get involved. I've done mastermind groups, which can be a very similar thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I've done those in the past in previous roles. And what I like about the idea of those is that you often are, um, there are activities of the whole organization. So you get to network with everybody periodically. Right. But but the the small group or the mastermind or whatever they call it, that segment is is carefully curated so that you're in a good size group, 10 or 12 people, Mm -hmm. not too big, not too small. You are um, paired with people that are not in your industry, so they're not direct competitors. And you meet with that same group over a period of time, usually a year, say, depending on the organization, so that you can build a relationship. Yep. And you can build trust and, right? Um, So anyway, that's that's the next direction I'm going to take a look. You sound very familiar, Jane. Have you done any groups like that? Yep. Yeah. I'm actually in one. Actually, I'm in two right now. Yeah. And one is a structure that that we put together. I, I got the structure from someone else. What I'm hearing is that you're looking for a couple different things. Because mm-hmm. the first thing you started with was there's the loneliness. Yeah. Well, the loneliness to me means I don't have people to talk about right. the issues I'm grappling with exactly. in my role. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's not just that I have no one to talk to. It's that right. there's these conversations right. that that I can't have. And even if you've got a very open company and a very authentic company, you know, where authenticity is really important, it can be a challenge. There there may not there may be times that it's just not appropriate to take a conversation to employees right. with without some something behind it. 
You know, right. it may not have to be totally figured out, but you can't just dump on them because it's not their responsibility mm-hmm. for one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And the same, as you said, you know, sometimes there's something you want to propose to your leader mm-hmm. or another leader and you want to have a safe space to have that conversation and bounce ideas off before you have the conversation. Right. <laughs> so so that creating peer groups and especially as as a solopreneur myself, having that place to have those safe conversations mm-hmm. and get ideas and brainstorm with people that have some similar experiences. Right, right. It's that you just said two really key points, I think. One is that safe space that you know the confidentiality will be honored and that you can talk about whatever the issue is and not be judged for it or have not have your organization judged. Yep. Um, totally lost my train of thought. But Probably something about the brainstorming. The, well, <laughs> the, the, the peer group in terms of it's the same. You're in a room with people who are in a business similar enough to yours that there's commonalities. Right. You know, as a mid-size, small to mid-size company, my participation in a solopreneur group wouldn't have the same benefit right. to them or me or to a Fortune 500 company. Exactly. Right? So that, yeah, that the appropriate set of peers, yeah, mm-hmm. I think is also really important, really important. Yeah. So it sounds like you have found them to be helpful. Oh, yeah. 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 I Especially, I don't, I personally don't see how anyone in any level of leadership within an organization, you know, wherever they are, Mm -hmm. even if they're a project manager managing a project, you know, Mm -hmm. I would love to see like peer groups in organizations where people within at this kind of the same level once a month get together and share that because it's Mm -hmm. the safe place to, to share your challenges. Mm Mm-hmm without having to feel like you have to have the answer. Right. Even though we know that we don't need to have the answer, that's the whole point of having a team. You know, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room, but sometimes it's also the opportunity to, how do I frame the question? All of those, that safe space to just kind of fumble over things and try some different things and get other people's experiences also. You know, it's the other people's experiences to me that's also really valuable because it points to that diversity of perspective. Yep. And if you're in the room with people who are similar enough that you can have the common conversations, but not exactly your industry, then you get perspectives because they do things a different way because they do a different service or job, right? Right. Then you get perspectives that you'll never hear in your own organization. Right. And that's also tremendously valuable. Yeah. I think every senior leader should be in some type of <laughs> mastermind. Um, and, and that's not even a marketing plug because I don't necessarily, I don't run right. those for senior leaders. Right. I think that that's so important to have that peer group because think, think of even like your CFO being in a peer group with CFOs in other similar industries, the mm-hmm. conversations, the, the expansion of thought that comes out of that. Sure, exactly. 
I think that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm a huge champion of them. Yeah. Um, and I've missed them. Yeah. I was in I was in a couple some years back when I was a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again when I was with a very small three-person farm. But since then, I haven't been. And, you know, so now I'm at this consulting organization. We do terrific work. We've got about 35 staff, you know, small company, uh, small business by the government definition, but right. not tiny. Right. But I'm, other than the CEO, I'm in the top seat. So literally everybody in the organization reports up to me in some fashion. Yep. If not directly to me, two levels, three levels down. And because the leadership sets the tone and sets the pace, I do have to be very aware Mm -hmm. of what I'm talking about and how I talk about it. And then who I talk about the real issues. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. It's a juggling act. It's that balancing, Mm -hmm. you know, being authentic and what's appropriate. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the other things that was uh, on my mind to talk about today was what I just call systems. (laughs) And I used to be at a big organization years ago, several big organizations years ago, and then went out on my own, was a consultant for a long time, worked for a small three-person company for a long time. And I think those years on my own as the solopreneur uh, caused me to develop that mindset that I had to do everything and I had to do it all now. Because mm, yeah. who was I going to give it to, right? There was just me. Right. And everything felt important. Everything felt urgent. So I took that mindset into my current job, uh, which, of course, is lethal. Yes. <laughs> even, as, even as a solopreneur, it's lethal. Right. right. You've got to, you have to find a way to deal with that. And that's when I realized that as an organization, and even if you're a solopreneur, you're still an organization, right? Yeah. There's still a business there that you're running. I know some consultants who help others get this in place in their organ, you know, solopreneurs, uh, because we so often as an individual business owner don't recognize it or know what to do with it in ourselves. Uh, But to have a system so that there's a certain way decisions are made, there's a certain way that the work gets done, there's a certain way that you set your priorities, if and when you have the ability to delegate, uh, how, which pieces do you delegate, which do you keep for yourself? How do you pick who you're going to delegate it to, whether that means somebody within your existing staff or somebody that you're going to hire as a virtual assistant or what have you. And so for the past six months, I guess, we have been putting a system like that in place at Greenleaf. It's a miracle that we lasted so long without one, but (laughs) it's kind of messy there for a while. (laughs) Um, And wow, even just in six months, the difference it's made is remarkable. And so I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. What kinds of systems have you used or other people you know have used? I'm happy to tell you about the one we selected. There's a lot of them out there. And the impact that it makes. I now have a very clear, you know, when all the little things blow up all day and I think I have to put all these fires out, I have a very clear sense of direction about that one might feel important, but really those people can handle that. I'm focused over here. That one can wait till tomorrow. I'm focused over here. And it has really made a big difference in seeing progress, mm-hmm. particularly in growth mode, right? Yes. Because it's real easy to get bogged down in the day-to-day of things. And then you haven't done the steps that lead to the growth. Right, right. And 
yeah. The thing I'll just I'll just share real quick is, you know, there's a tendency to think of systems as these big complicated things, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they right. must involve lots of technology and hardware and stuff. Right. And really, systems are a way of doing things regularly and making decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's documented, which then allows you the opportunity to, to delegate it. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah, you're right. As, as small business owners, as small as solopreneurs, small business owners, and, and getting up into, you know, even into, you know, like where you are, 35, it's so easy to push that to the side. And you can't, you can't grow. If mm-hmm. your intention is mm-hmm. to really support growth, it's systems in place that allow that to happen. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I was going to ask you, you deal with transformation in organizations. And prior to six months ago, I don't know that I would have said, oh, a system will be transformational. <laughs> um, but in fact, it is. It is transformational. <laughs> so... Uh, Yeah, I would just be curious to know, like, what are some of the systems or approaches to how do you even pick a system? Well, the simplest, easiest way to begin for anybody that's going, we need systems, we need systems, Mm -hmm. is to document what you're doing already. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because somebody's going to come, if you just start looking for systems, somebody's going to tell you that with the system that they have is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it may or may not be. And it may or may not be overkill or it may be too small. But if you don't really know what you're doing and how decisions are made, what the workflow is, mm-hmm. and who can make what decisions, you're, it's almost like you're putting a Band-Aid on top mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point. If you don't know what you're dealing with, you don't know if a system's going to work or be a good fit. Sometimes you don't know until you try it on for a little while, but but even making those initial decisions, if you don't know what you're dealing with, that's a really excellent point. And it's amazing how long a company can go with documentation as their system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yes, there are some that just make life, you know, a financial system as software right. is a whole lot easier to use than Excel spreadsheets. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so that's one. But, but again, how, how heavy duty does it have to be? Right. You know, what do you really do with it? You know, what are the decisions that you, you want to make? What are the reports that you, you know, so if you mm-hmm. don't even know what reports you need, putting a system in place is, it could be totally the wrong, the right. wrong system. You know, I've, I've done some work. I haven't put the systems in because that's not what I do. But I've been in, in with some government contractors that did not put appropriate accounting systems in mm. that could do accounting the way the government mm-hmm. requires it. So yeah. they, had to, they had to start all over. Start again. over, yeah. So we were a friend of, uh, a colleague and friend of, of ours at Greenleaf used a system that really transformed her company. And of course she was excited and on fire about it and talked about it. And it's the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS. Mm -hmm. 
by Gina Wickman. Right. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. It goes along with his book, Traction, Rocket yeah. Fuel, yeah. some others. And, you know, it's interesting because years ago when I first went to Greenleaf, I had read Traction. Uh-huh. And that, that book is about the relationship between uh, a startup or a very small company and the, the top two people. Mm-hmm. And typically it's the founder, whether it's even co-founders. Typically one of them is a visionary, has the big idea. Yep. And the other one, in a good scenario, is what they call the implementer, which is the person who can take that big idea and make it reality. Yep. And when I went to work at Greenleaf, my CEO said, you know, I have all these big ideas. And I worked with him for, I don't know, six or eight months, and I had already read Traction. And then one day it hit me just like, you know, the lightning bolt, the V8. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm working with a visionary. And I got traction out and reread it and thought, oh, my gosh, this defines who we are. This actually is really helpful. And I gave him the book. This was four years ago. I gave him the book and said, I really want you to read this book because I think this describes who we are. And if you agree, then this is kind of a roadmap for us. Right. And he read the book and agreed. And so we've kind of been doing the traction idea for a while. Mm-hmm. And then this other colleague of ours said, oh, I've been using EOS and it's Gino Wickman. And I went, I know that Gino Wickman name. Yep. <laughs> um, so we read those books and decided it was a good system to try. So that's what we tried. It was just on the referral of a friend. Yeah. And then we did a little bit of research and we thought about, okay, well, we think this will work for us. And, and, and it turns out that it is working for us very well. And it's working for us. And so it doesn't mean it would work for everybody. Again, you know, you want to, there's a lot of systems out there. You want to look at what will suit your group the best. It works for us because it's for organizations that have that entrepreneurial mindset, which we do at Mm -hmm. Greenleaf. You know, it wouldn't work as well for an IBM or something that's really huge. It also works for us because it is focused on setting priorities by the quarter and measuring how far you get completing that priority. Yep. So you see real progress. And if you don't reach that priority, there's all these different stages and meetings that you evaluate what's happening and why not. Right. And so that, that focus on what you want to do moving forward, to move the forward, and then measuring it is what has been the piece of the tool that's the most effective for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's almost like a system to implement system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't, in that book, and I'm very familiar with that book. Mm-hmm. I love, yeah. I, you know, he talks about putting systems in, you know, mm-hmm. using this system and the decisions you have to make because you you have to know what it is you're trying to do. You have to know where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. You have to know who your employees are that you're trying to, to bring with you and how do you, you know, how do you empower them to help you go there? And then there are other systems that you put in place to support that. But that's right. that overarching right. system for this is how we're going to keep us on track. That's a really good description, Jane. And you're right. It's the how do we want to operate overall to get forward motion. Yeah. To get traction, to use his word for his book. Yeah. But uh, but he doesn't say, oh, you need this kind of accounting system or this kind of a HR system. It's not that. Right. He does say you need those systems, but this is the overarching how, what is the system to run your company? Exactly. And for a company in growth mode, it's been really helpful to us. And 
as you said, the most important thing of that system. So whether somebody uses that or, you know, I and my leadership do accountability is it's the, what are you going to do by when, Mm -hmm. and then holding yourself accountable? You know, the holding yourself accountable has been an interesting exercise for me because I think there've been many times in the past, particularly when I was a solopreneur. And again, it's so hard when you're the only one in the room, right? Yeah. And I wish I had had this perspective in those years the way we're doing this right now at Greenleaf is uh, here's what we want to do first quarter. This is one of my first quarter priorities, let's say, and benchmarks where you measure. And if you aren't at meeting your benchmark, the hold yourself accountable isn't about, oh, you bad girl, you screwed up or you did it wrong or whatever, right? It's more about, okay, that's fine. Why didn't, what happened? It's, operates on the assumption of good intention. Mm-hmm. And when you're not used to being accountable that way with not about, Oh, I didn't do it. Okay. I'm a bad girl. I'll go time block better and get it done. Which like that never happens. <laughs> um, that's a very different mindset than, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I could get this done by now, but I couldn't. So why, what happened? What came up that diverted my attention? And then how do I, schedule the next benchmark to mitigate for that and to plan or accommodate that. And so even as I wish as a solopreneur that I had had that perspective instead of being so hard on myself and thinking, oh, God, I had all the stuff I was supposed to get done all by myself like a miracle worker. Right. And I didn't. And now I feel bad that I didn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, So it really gets you into the thinking of what's realistic and and that that's okay. Yeah. Because... Trying something and learning what doesn't work mm-hmm. is just as important as trying something mm-hmm. and it does work. Sure. Progress is what gets you someplace. And you'll learn more from the failure yep. than from the success if you are looking at it to learn from it as exactly. opposed to just feeling badly about it. Yes. Because yeah. it doesn't mean anything about you. It just means it, right. it didn't work. Right. And look at what didn't work mm-hmm. and then look at what And that's also where having a mastermind or a group of people, because one, it's really hard to have those conversations. It's hard to, typically, we all respond and we're much more able to do what we say when we've committed to someone else that we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's it's a reality. Sure. You know, after we get, after we kind of develop that muscle, it becomes easier to do what we say we're going to do. But when we shared it with someone else, it does make it easier. And the other thing is that as we get used to looking at what didn't work, but the challenge with that is it's really hard to brainstorm by yourself. It is. And that's where you need those other perspectives mm-hmm. and other experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, that's where that peer group, mastermind, however you choose to do it. But that's where it's so important. Because then you can, then you've got somebody to go, okay, I tried this. It didn't work. And I can't even think what might work then now. Mm-hmm, right. And you've got people to ask you questions or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. to open up the thoughts. Or, and they've maybe had a similar experience. So I think that what you're doing is great. Thank and you. And you can't grow without systems. 
because you'll just collapse on yourself because things will start getting missed. Really good point. You know, customers don't like when things get missed. And well, that's we. true. <laughs> and neither do we. <laughs> and neither do we. You're exactly yeah. right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And none of us went into business to do that. Agreed. But, agreed. Well, Kathy, this has been just amazing. Oh, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I always love talking to you. <laughs> thank you. Is there any last thing that you want to say? Oh, gosh. Well, I will say that talking to you uh, for the podcast is going to hold me accountable. <laughs> yeah, because it's going out to Because <laughs> now I've said I'm going to look into peer groups and masterminds and and find a way to fill that gap for myself in terms of the peer group. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's been a good thing. That's been a really good thing. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, this has been, yeah. it's been fabulous. So. Oh, thank you so much. I love listening to your episodes. They're always so interesting and so helpful. And, you know, talking about the different perspectives is you bring in such a wide range of people to talk with. I always learn something. Every time. Yeah. So thank you for including me in this group. Oh, thank you. Well, this was this was a totally different conversation than I've had before. So this is, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagined. Now is the time to reimagine your leadership. Take a minute and go to reimagineyourleadership.com and I'll call you. We'll have powerful conversations. You'll take action. Yes, there are always actions to take. Your business will expand. And I guarantee you'll have fun at the same time. I know, shouldn't it be fun? If it's not fun, why are you doing it?